Hello, my name is Krishna Morjani. My name is Ishan Akura. Uh, my name is Will Nazola. And today we are going, we are part of the Melbourne Men's Club and we are going to be interviewing famous author Wendy Mass. So uh, to get things started, I just want to ask a question you've probably heard a million times. Uh, when, why, why did you first start writing and what book inspired you to start writing? I would say, well, first, thank you for having me today. It's very exciting. I would say that the first book that I read that turned me into a reader then turned me into a writer down the road. Mm -hmm. So that book was The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which I read <laughs> in third grade. And I remember picking it out from my elementary school library. I grew up in Livingston, so mm -hmm. right down the street pretty much. And uh, that really got me hooked on reading. And then mm -hmm. I wanted to, as I got a little bit older, try what it would feel like to write my own stories. Mm -hmm. And then they got longer and longer and longer. And eventually, after many rejection letters, became my first book. Nice. Uh, also, so when did you just, so what is your favorite genre to read? To read, I love reading fantasy, mm -hmm. but I don't write it that often. So a right. few of my books are fantasy, but um, sometimes it's just more fun to read it and not have to think about like what different kind of tropes do I put in mm -hmm. or what's the best way to write something. It's just more fun to kind of be swept away into the story. Like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, stuff like that? Yes. <laughs> um, I guess that comes from the Narnia Chronicles of yeah. my youth. And what is your favorite book that you've made? That is a tricky one. Um, as I told the kids this morning when someone asked that in the presentation, that it's like asking a mom who her favorite <laughs> child is because, you know, when you write the books and you name them and you've nurtured these characters and you send them out into the world and you hope people like the books, it's sort of that same way with kids. You know, they, you hope they have a nice, successful journey through their lives. So it's, it is hard to pick, but yes. that first one that I mentioned, A Mango-Shaped Space, um, was really, I think, the one that's closest to my heart now, since yeah. that was my first one. Uh, you want to ask some questions? Yeah, so um, first of all, thank you for letting us interview you. So um, my question is, any advice for people who want to begin writing like novels like this? To begin writing novels, I think, um, Really the important, the most important thing is read, read, and read more. <laughs> and you'll start to see the patterns that authors put in their novels. You'll see how, um, you know, what kind of cliffhangers they put at the end of each chapter, how they introduce characters, how they add description. And the more you sort of read like a writer, the easier it'll be to start writing your own stories. And I also think that every writer approaches a story differently. So for me, I like to outline my stories first. I don't like kind of being surprised by that blank page. And I have other writer friends who love that blank page, who just write a lot of scenes and different kinds of clips of stories and then wind up deleting 90% of what they write and just going with the one they like the best. And I would just lose my mind if I had to throw out like a day's worth of work. I would just lose it. So that's how I avoid it by outlining. Okay, so William, I know you want to be a writer someday. Do you not uh, that? I just really enjoy writing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I myself has have written a few stories. One which is like, I guess, a novel. And considering na November's National Write uh, Novel Writing Month, 
I just wanted to know, because the novel I'm writing also involves a character with synesthesia, how did you get the perspective to make the colors and the shapes appear the way they did in the story? So, um, with the Mango Shape Space, the main character, Mia, has the kind of synesthesia where her um, letters and numbers are in color, and when she hears sounds, she sees colors and shapes. And so I first had to decide what form of synesthesia she would have, because really, you know, with our five senses, they can combine in, in lots of different ways. Um, and so I chose those because they're the most common way. So I felt like that would just be the most straightforward um, and most likely thing that she would have. So basically what I did, I remember trying to find like interesting ways to describe colors so like the color of a pencil eraser like we can all picture that kind of color or like what would like gum be that was like squashed on a wet sidewalk <laughs> like that's how I would kind of try to describe them without just saying like this is gray or this is orange or this is yellow so I used a color dictionary and those things exist and that was um how I figured that out if that was your question I'm not entirely sure about it. And then I think my biggest challenge right now comes to integrating dialogue into heavily descriptive, I guess, portions of my story where uh, the emotions of the character really need to be fleshed out and conveyed to the reader. How do you integrate dialogue into something that's so, I guess, emotionally sound? Well, sometimes it's, I mean, two things to keep in mind. People will skim if there's just a lot of of narration. Like if there's just a lot of description, um, your readers will start to skim through it. So that's why we kind of have to interject. It doesn't need to be dialogue. It can still be their internal thoughts if there's not another character around for them to have a dialogue with. So I think it just becomes a, a natural way to combine those two things. So it's like description, something sensory, and then also an emotion kind of layered in there. And having someone read your stuff before you kind of submit it, they'll say, you know, this, this goes on way too long. You know, and usually description goes on longer than it needs to. Like we think, we have to get all the five senses into this paragraph. You know, they have to be able to, you know, touch, smell, you know, everything in this one scene and they really don't. Like just two senses in a scene is perfect. So, other than writing, what else do you enjoy doing? Um, so I have two kids in high school. It makes me sound like that song. There's two kids in high school, they tell her that she's uncool. <laughs> she's still preoccupied with 1985. Um, <laughs> which my kids like singing at me all the time. Um, but, and now I have sung it on this podcast, which is embarrassing. But, um, so I'm, you know, caught up in them and their lives. My daughter loves um, theater, so we'll see a lot of shows and stuff like that. Um, I love virtual reality. Um, you can tell I, I wrote a whole book about it. It's called Lo and Behold. So virtual reality is in a lot of my stories. We go geocaching a lot. So where you find these boxes hidden around the world. Um, and that sort of feels like you're going on a treasure hunt when you're just out of your house. And so we do that as a hobby, and then I also stick it into my books. Michelle, yeah. uh, do you have any other questions? Um, yeah, so uh, other than your, uh, your books, of course, what would you say is your personal favorite book? Um, 
I don't think I have a personal favorite book other than my favorite childhood books. I did just read a book that I loved called The Starless Sea. So um, that is one I'd recommend to high schoolers. Anything else? Uh, I think that's about it. I do have one last question. What do you think about the potential of AI when it comes to writing in the near future? How do you think it will affect the, pu the publishing industry? It's scary to think about um, because I know that AI can write a really good story. Mm -hmm. I think authors will probably start integrating, like using it as a tool in the same way that we've used you know, other new technology as it comes about in terms of writing. So I'm curious to see how it goes. It's definitely um, kind of a concern, but then also like I love technology, so it's also exciting. I definitely think that one thing AI still can't fully capture is the more human aspects of stories, even with like movies, TV shows, books, there's always like this passion behind it. And even if I was reading a story that I didn't know was written by an AI, I could probably make the comparison that it was. It just doesn't have that emotion in it. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I, I really hope that we'll be able to tell. Yes. Yeah. Thank you all for these great questions and for having me today. Right. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's everything. Thank you all for watching and have a great day.